Do you aspire to become a responsible leader? How do you see yourself now as a young man? Learning from challenges is one thing, but getting opportunities is another. If you're a young man who wants to learn about personal growth, life lessons, and leadership, tune in to Essential 11, Shaping Leaders Among Leaders. How are you guys doing today? Thank you for having me on, sir. Appreciate yeah. it. What an, what an honor, man. Good to see your, good to see your handsome face, man. This is, uh, this is fun. And it's, it's so exciting to have you. It's so exciting to share with everybody what, you know, what we're doing with, with this entire thing and all of these amazing young men, you know, from, from all over the place. And it gets recorded for any of the guys that can't make it. It's so fun to share it with everybody, but it's always extra fun when one, the guest is somebody that, that I call a friend and two, um, it's somebody who has the same kind of heart you know, for, for the youth too, like I know you do, man. So it's, uh, it's freaking great. It's freaking great to have you, man. It really is. Honored to be here. Honored to be here and to pour into some of these uh, future leaders of the world here. I mean, I'm looking at, uh, a guy's going to be taking me out in the jitsu mat here in about 10 years. That's right. That's right, man. Yeah, absolutely. Some of them have already done the job with me, uh, relatively, uh, <laughs> recently, man. So, um, what we like to do, man, cause I, you know, I want to make sure, I think you have context on this, you know, Tim, uh, Ken, I just got off the phone with Tim right before you called me too. And so, um, you know, he and I put this together so that we could develop exactly what you said, man, the future leaders, that this country needs, you know, and it's, we're providing that roadmap and then they get to meet with the best of the best of the best in the world every single week. And, um, you know, they're taking on projects, they're taking on challenges, they're taking on workouts, they're taking on readings. Um, they're taking those on every single month, you know, new, new projects. And if they do that for the 12 months, they're in this brotherhood in perpetuity. And some of these guys will be the guys that we're hiring within our own organization, you know? So that's essentially what we got going on. Um, we got some guys as young as like 11 and 12 up through like 18 and 19 and, and really everywhere in between. So what I always like to do with our guests is actually like to start with Jake at like 11 or 12. Who was this guy? Was this guy a, I'm on the road to being, you know, this Olympic wrestling stud? Um, was he a clown? Was he somewhere in between? Who was this guy? Uh, I'd love to start there. We'll talk for a little bit, and then these guys will have way better questions than I do. That's a great start. So 11 and 12, is that putting me in like sixth grade, seventh grade? Yeah, it's that about right? that. Yeah. Um, those were up and coming to being a harder time of my life. So I'd like to sit back and say, you know, hey, I'm this 37-year-old, nine-time national champion, three-time world medalist that I could walk into any, you know, gym in the world and you know earn earn the respect um of the people and the members in there right and not only that but but i know i can take anybody in the world and help them improve their game right i've been honored to be in you know in the ring with you know john jones carlos condit some of the the best in there and, and even help and improve them um a little bit but that wasn't the case back then i um i didn't really have that confidence that i have now and in reflection of what that is, it was, I was still a good wrestler. I think I won my first national title at 11 and 12. I went to Tulsa nationals. If you guys ever done that and got my first taste of a national championship um, there. And, and I'll never forget it because I kind of pinned my way and, and beat everybody pretty good, pretty well. And semifinals a little tough in the finals. I ended up winning in overtime and my dad was upset with me. I thought I was going to come off and have this big experience of, I got my first national title. It's high five. He was upset with me 
not because of winning, but he was a seventh because how I performed. And this is something that I'm kind of unpacking and discovering right now, but it wasn't, it wasn't my best. I still won. I got my hand raised, but I almost wrestled not to lose instead of going up and opening out. So I, I wasn't, I was still kind of on this path of discovering of this playing all out, right? Because if you guys are going to do something, go all in, oh. you know, burn, burn the boats. So I wasn't there yet. I was still having glimpses and tastes of it, but there was still finding times of things that I wasn't all in with and, and discovering myself and, and oh. figuring out who, who I was and who I wanted to be. Holy cow. Um, I love that. I wish I could remember who I was listening to the other day. Um, and it was, uh, it was, it was one of these OGs in like the personal development space. It was either like a Jim Rohn or Brian Tracy, or, you know, it was kind of one of these OG guys. And um, he says, look, you know, in every area of your life, he was talking a lot about complexity and he's saying, you know, you need complexity will kill you. Get back to the, get back to the basics, get back to simple. But the question you need to ask yourself is in any category that matters to you, did I do the best that I could? Did, that should always be your question. Did I, did I just, did I put in 100% of the effort that I could have in any given day? Win, lose, whatever. Did I put in 100% of the effort? Because that's where you need to go back to the drawing board if you sold yourself short. And so you got some of that, that lesson early. Did that resonate at that point? Or were you like, oh, dad, I can't believe this. You're what a jerk. Like, how, how did you take that as like a yeah. I literally took that as a jerk and I'm kind of unpacking I unpacked that a lot later. I was like, wow, I couldn't believe he wasn't happy because I got this trophy that was the size of me. Yeah. Right. Like it was cool because we did compete then it's about the trophies, right? I'll let you guys all know this now, right? I have nine, nine legit national championships, right? I'm a nine-time national championship at either NCAA college or, or open US open level. Not like the fake national terms that somebody just says, hey, this is a, a, a legit best in the nation. Yep. I don't have any of those hung up anywhere in my house. I don't even know where all those are. I'm sure my mom or something, I'm going to go try to find them at my parents' house over Christmas because those are great. Those are cool to have and see and look at. But it, it, it's who I became in that journey. And you touched this, Matt, and I want to bring this up. Um, the, the two things that we can control 100% of the time that are in our extreme control, and you said this once, is effort. Yeah. And the other one is attitude. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll tell you this, I, I will never come down on anybody or be upset with anybody rather that's in business or in life that puts forth the best effort that they actually have. They can give 110% of their effort and they have a fantastic attitude about it. Right. It is extremely difficult to be upset with somebody who brings those forward. And I think looking back as that's what it was, my dad wasn't happy with that effort um, that I put in. And, and just, just using this as an example, um, out here, right? All of you guys on here, if, if you and I stepped on the mat, right, in wrestling, and, and I'd like to say I'm I'm 37, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I still can wrestle, I can still do this, I'm bigger than most of you guys, I'm stronger than most of you guys, I've had more, way more just time practicing, right? I've, I've practiced more on the mat than most of you guys have ever been alive. I'm going to beat you in a wrestling match. I hope in your mind you're saying no way, because that's the right attitude. That's awesome. I want you to say that. But what it is, is let's say that I have to, if we put something on the line, like easy, if you're like, Hey, if you win this match, you get, um, you know, a, a little trinket. Well, great. I might have to work. You might, you might cause me to exert two out of 10, maybe three out of 10 or four out of 10 effort to beat you. And, and that's, that's good. Right. Cause that's there. But now if we, if we intensified this and I'm going to get really intense right now, let's say that there was something on the line 
that you you had to beat me in this wrestling match or you're not going to get to see your family or your friends mm. for five years. All of a sudden, you're going to go wrestle that same match, but you're, the, the effort that I have to put out to beat you is probably going to double, if not triple. Mm-hmm. That's going all out. Mm. That's why when I stepped on the mat, I was very difficult to beat. Not that I, I wouldn't get beat from time to time. I would in the mat in the room, but that's a very different person that you're, you're, you're going against. That's going all out. That's putting in that effort that makes you work. And then I'll tell you what, there are some guys that, yeah, I beat them. But I was like, here's the thing. If you're going to beat me in a wrestling match, I'm going to make it so hard on you that you pray to God and hope that you never have to compete against me again. Mm-hmm. Oh, frick. You're making me want to run through a freaking wall right now. Um, God, dude, I love it. So, okay. So how quickly did you own that? I know you said you're unpacking some of that stuff now and you're, you, you obviously have the appreciation now for the way, you know, dad put it, you're still a young man at this point. How quickly did you uh, own that mentality? How quickly did you earn that mentality um, how quickly did you grow into what what he said there? That's one part of it. And then as we get to, you know, kind of later in this dad and you too, I'm very curious on how that, um, because I'm all about that, that attitude and that mentality. And then you're raising young people and it's like, okay, how do I instill that in them, but not do it in a way that breaks them too, you know? And I don't know that I know the answer or that you yeah. do either, but it's like, we wrestle with these things as men, as leaders of our family, we wrestle with these things. So, but how long did it take you to own that as a young man? Did you slowly step into that kind of mentality after that day? Or what did that look like? Yeah, it, it took a while. Right. Yeah. And, and really in that self-confidence it, and I look at that, it probably didn't start doing that until like about ninth and 10th grade, totally until about 10th grade. Yeah. Uh, I, I have this thing where every year of my life, since I've been in 10th grade, has been the best year of my life. Mm. And that stands towards it. And, and what I notice most about that is that's an attitude. That's a mindset. Yep. And I didn't have that in seventh, eighth, ninth grade. Those are hard years because I was still toying with who am I? Right. And I cared. And here's the thing. I cared so much more about what people thought then. And it's hard not to from your peers, right? From your, your friends around you and that you have all these social pressures. But I was really, really blessed that. Whoa, 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 guys. Sorry. sorry. You're good. I was really blessed that in ninth grade that when my friends started choosing the other path, they started going to concerts and um, getting into drugs and alcohol and, and things like that, that I had a goal. I wanted to be a state championship, state champion. I wanted to wrestle in college at a high level. And I knew from studying and seeing the guys that were going and doing this, that's not what they were doing. Yeah. So it was either go and compete on a weekend and yes. do something I'm proud of or go, go have that short-term effects. And I'll tell you this now that a lot of those people that I cared about what they thought, they're not doing very well in life. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't do the work early. They didn't do the work on the front end. And I, I'm just so blessed that I had a sport like wrestling and coaches and people that I was able to show up and be around that made me better for it because now I get to sit here and say, I've been to 37 countries. I've met presidents. I've met rock stars. I've been around the world. I get the rest. Like it, it's, it's because of that hard work and those choices I made, those hard choices that I made younger. That's right. And you learn the pattern of success that came with uh, 
having a purpose early on, right? Like a lot of those guys, like you said, that you were caring about, like they're not doing very well because they never got into the pattern of having a purpose. And so it's not that, you know, now are you pushing for a national title? No, you're not pushing for a national title anymore, but you have that pattern ingrained where you're going after a purpose. And so, well, now you can transfer that. And now you can be successful as a, as a husband, as a father, as an entrepreneur, right? In all those ways, you earned that through pushing forward in that purpose. Oh, so before we even get to like what you're doing now, so take us a little bit through the journey too, just to get, because you're, I know, you know, these guys, you guys are hearing all of the accolades, all those things, but I'd love to just kind of a little more of the journey of, of uh, what you did as far as going into the NCAAs and how that all worked, but simultaneously, what did that, what did that person look like? Did you stay that guy that was super purpose driven and just kind of crushing it? And you have that mentality of, I'm not going to have a bad day and every day is better from 10. Were there any lulls and up and downs where you start to doubt yourself? Or like, what did that, that journey look like? Yeah. So there was a, a ton of them and especially unpacking that. And, and again, I was, I was a, a good wrestler, right? I went, I took sixth place in States my freshman year lost in the state semis and overtime dropped all the way down to six, you know, wasn't, wasn't able to bounce back there really well. Sixth, third, second, first. Mm -hmm. So it took me all the way to my senior year to win one state title. It was only a one-time state champion. And then I, it's kind of exploded in college. And what I found is, um, is it all right if I throw a, a little link in the, in the chat right here for, for guys to look at? Yeah, please do. This continues to come back over and over again. And, it, and it's a graph about success and patience. And if you want to share the screen or pull that up, Matt, or do any of that stuff, um, I can even draw it out if need be. But what I found was I had to, I, I, there was a ton of ups and downs, right? There's there's so many highs and lows throughout it. And, and all of them were every time I thought I was going through something that was like, wow, this was the hardest thing I've ever been through. This is a really tough challenge that I have to overcome. For example, my freshman year, I take, I wrestle 135 and take uh, six that States over that summer. There was a uh, tournament where I beat the defending state champion at 140 pounds. So I'm like, all right, great. I'm going to go 135 again and win another state title here. I knew guess what happens when you're 13 to 14, you grow. Yeah. Right. My yeah. frame was getting too big. I, I didn't know weight cutting. I didn't know that stuff. I ended up dropping down. I was wrestling 140 pounds for eight matches. I went one in seven. Wow. I wasn't cut. I lost seven matches in yeah. a row. And I didn't know it because I was, I was at the point where I, and I didn't know nutrition. I thought, all right, great. Seven cookies, seven cookies weighs 0.5 or that apples a pound. I'm going to eat the seven cookies. Yeah. And I had to go through those mistakes and, and learn that, right. Of what's real food, right. What, what can I do a honey bun out of the vending machine? It tasted great. It was big. It was uh, only like 0.2 calories, but it wasn't fuel. It wasn't real. It's yeah. process in a factory. And I had to learn this stuff because my body wasn't performing. I was losing the people that I should beat. And, and, and I made a decision. It was really challenging. Instead of trying to go at 135, right, and, and where, I, where I was able to beat the guy. Yeah, I was actually able to if I had the energy, if I had the strength, if I had the mentality. But I was so focused on cutting weight and making the weight. It wasn't about getting better at the sport. Yeah. Well, I ended up making the decision later in the second half of the year to go 145, and man, I, I I lost to a three-time state champ in the semifinals again, but I ended up coming back and taking third. Wow. And beating some really good guys. Yep. Um, 
but it was a challenging learning lesson. There was problems at home with my cutting weight and my school and, and all those things. I wasn't, I wasn't focused in the right place. And I was still, and let me tell you this, some of you guys out there are going to know, right? You're going to be able to go by and watch your friend touch the oven and go, wow, that's hot. I don't want to touch that and burn it. And I hope you guys pick that up from here, but some of you are going to have to go touch that oven yourself. Right. And, and it's not the end of the world, right? It's just another opportunity for learning and growth. That's right. It's, that's right. And it's an opportunity to make a choice and not to go back and touch the freaking oven to pay attention, you know, and make that choice going forward. That's what I love about that's what I love about sports in general. It's what I love about specifically wrestling is the, the transferable metaphors for so much in life. I, I don't think you get it any other way. I don't think, you know, it's very hard to gain it any other way other than sport. And I don't think you get it to the level you necessarily do in a combat sport too. Um, it is just a different, it is just a different thing. And that's why wrestlers and fighters and it's just a different mentality. Um, and you see them, you know, if they can transfer those habits over, man, it's just, uh, it ends up being a powerful, powerful freaking thing. It was. And what it put me around was it put me in the right environment to be around other people. Yeah. Not, it, it, it wasn't fun in eighth grade. That every Friday when we were playing dodgeball in junior high in the wrestling room, every other Friday, my dad would take me up to the high school room and I'd miss dodgeball. And I'd be, I remember just being so mad about it that I was there, but he put me in the high school room to wrestle with some of the high school guys. So that when I showed up as a freshman at 14, I was already manhandling 18 year old guys yep. that, that were stuck at going to R-rated movies. You know, I couldn't even drive myself. They're sitting there, you know, able to go into right. R-rated movies and buying, you know, like it's, it's, it's nuts. Um, but I was ready for that because of that environment and placing myself in that hard situation. And I'll never forget that how hard it was. My, my dad would have guys coming back from college as an eighth and ninth grader wrestling with me and all, and I would just get defeated. It would just beat me, beat me, beat me. But it's just like, it, it, it's, it was, I wasn't supposed to win, but it doesn't mean I need to roll over. It was really going back to putting that effort. How hard can I make it for this guy to actually beat me? Yes. Oh, so you got that relationship. How does the relationship with, with dad work now? Because we got young guys here too. And I, and I can, you know, I'll do the same thing where I'll look back and I don't have a, a current relationship with, with my father, but I look back and, and for all of the things that I've had to unpack there and, and all the lessons I learned about how I don't want to parent and who I don't want to be, I am grateful for, uh, you know, for a lot of things. And one of the things I'm grateful for is that he's like, oh, okay, well, you cried when somebody came and took the basketball from you at basketball practice. Cool. Well, if you're not getting back on the court, we're going to do something different tomorrow. And I'm like, no, forget that, dude. I'm not going. They're, they're stealing my ball. So the next day he put me in kickboxing and he's like, okay, cool. Let's see how you handle getting punched in the face. You know, and I'm, um, so I'm grateful for certain lessons like yeah. that. Right. Um, what does the relationship look like with, with dad today? Awesome. So I have a, I have a, a great relationship with my dad and I look at it as like trans transformation. So my, my father was a, a high school state champion, Pennsylvania high school wrestling state champion. He wrestled D one in college, never didn't finish it out. Ended up quitting a senior year, cutting too much weight, like never was an all American there, but he, he is a high level wrestler to, to the eye, right. Yeah. Of that. So he knew what he was doing. And um, what he did a fantastic job of was coaching me through others. Cause there was a time when I was, again, that ninth, 10th grade year, we were butting heads a little bit more Yeah, where it, it was hard for him to play both role of coach and father. And what he did very, very, and I don't know if this is on purpose or it just naturally happened, but he did a great job of coaching me through others. 
right? Because he'd be in the room and I'm sure all of you guys can relate to this with dad trying to help out. And this, and that's that's what my dad wanted. He'd be yeah. like, all right, wait, when you're, when you're hitting this move, you got to put your head in your hand here. I'm like, yeah, whatever, dad. I don't need to listen to you. What do you, what do you know? Blah, blah, blah. And, and then my dad would go over to my coach and my coach would come over and be like, Hey, why are you put your head in your hand there on this? What if you tried putting it here where, where my dad said, and I'd be like, Oh, and it'd work. And I'd be like, I'd be so excited. I forgot. Literally my dad said it. I go to my dad, like, Hey dad, check this out on this move. When I put my head in hand here, yeah. look what it does. And I'd watch. And like now reflecting back, I'd watch his face. He'd be like, he like, like what did it explode? <laughs> but happy that I got the lesson. Yeah. You know, like, and, and, and that's, that's the important thing. So his role switched because he was, I mean, we had a nickname for him. He was always dad. And then when I was in like eighth, ninth grade, he was very, very hard. I mean, he cut people on the team by, he basically was like, Hey, here's the practice. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to make sure I'm going to try to break you guys. Yeah. I'm going to try to mentally and physically break you guys and get you to quit now. Cause we have too many people on the team. Yeah. Start. And, and just that guy. So he, he got this nickname called like Lucifer in high school <laughs> because he was just there where everything drove this big red truck around would, would have us run, run the lake on the, on the Sundays. My friends could come over and my friends, some of my friends would want to stay over, but Hey, the rule is if you stay over, you can stay up as late as you want and, and watch movies and all this stuff. But we're getting up at seven o'clock. We're running the five mile lake. And he would take me to that. Um, and then he would be there with his big red truck at every checkpoint with a watch to see how we're doing and to time it and track it. And and that was a, a weird phase of going to that because it was like I, I I was looking at it like he didn't have my best interest in mind, like that he right. was just out to to stop me from having fun yeah. or to this, you know. And, and as a teenager, as a kid, you get so absorbed of what's happening in your world. You, I, I didn't even think of what were the challenges that my dad was going through with with work and building his business now, with managing a relationship, with having two other kids, I, the things that I'm dealing with and I'm challenging right now. I wasn't even aware of. Yeah, at that age. So I just looked at him as this Lucifer. And, and then our relationship started to transition and change as I, I came into manhood, right? And I became, became a man and, and went off to college. And he kind of became big Jim at that point. Yeah, you know, and, and, and then he was in college that he's, we we're able to sit there that I, I was, I earned his respect through my actions, right? I'm still always going to be his little boy. But I'm I'm operating at a different level than than he ever operated at. Absolutely. You know, of, of taking third in the nation, of of being in the national finals, of winning the Hodge Trophy, on on, on going and then and then and you know you know winning a world silver medal and, and representing the United States at the Olympic Games. He was still able to play his role in help and support, um, but I was able to kind of finally like earn that respect. And now now he's Gramps. Yeah. Now it's great watching him interact with my kids and so doing cool. that. So the, those are the, it's kind of like the seasonal changes. Your, yeah. your relationships will continue to evolve. Very much. And you know, what's interesting too. I love the way you framed it with, as far as like earning, you earned, you earned the right to level up in his eyes as well. And I think that's something that we don't talk enough about in society. Now it's this automatic, um, you don't have to earn anything. You just automatically have everybody's love, admiration, and respect. And I don't think that has ever been true for men in particular. You are bestowed the honor of being considered a good man who is good at being a man by other men, period. And you have to earn it. It is not something that is just freely given because it shouldn't be freely given because there are struggles, because you have to show you know, the grit and the honor and the responsibility. You got to have that. You know, and, and we see that with our own fathers as well as with other men. And now you guys can, you know, uh, see each other eye to eye on that. And you have that respect because you both earned it. Uh, 
as an interesting thing. And I don't know that we do that as well anymore, that we talk about that enough anymore. Oh, and to bring that point, I'm, I'm typing this in the chat. Like it's earned the most when no one's watching. Yes, sir. That's, that's it. You yes, guys. Sir. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's the most, and it's in the, the best example I ever had of this was in 2008, 2008. And this was a big test and I don't know how and where, where it happened, but again, call it karma, call it faith, call it God. I, I'm getting ready at the Olympic training center. Uh, and I took a year off to do an Olympic training for one of the biggest international tournaments ever. And I'm in there and I'm using the bathroom before I go and I look over and there's a wallet sitting on top, right? Like nice, big, thick wallet mm-hmm. and just sitting on top of the toilet paper. And I look in and I open it up and there's like 30 grand of cash and all these idea IDs are in Japanese and credit cards and I'm sitting there as a college kid. I had $4,000 in my bank account. I've never seen that much money before. I could have $30,000 short gram, taken that, pocketed it, walked away. Yep. Nobody would ever know. And it was, it was given a choice. What did I do? I took the wallet, walked up to the head table. Hey, this was left in the bathroom. Want to make sure it gets back. Mm-hmm. Call the announcement. Watch the Japanese coach head over there. He's like, oh, like, thank God gets in returns and and that's it. I don't think anything of it. I had one of the best tournaments of my life that year. Mm. Being a college kid, I beat the guy that took fifth place in the Olympics that year up and coming. Mm. Because of that, I earned the outstanding wrestler and it ended up paying and funding a trip for me to go over to Belarus and Russia for like a three-week uh, adventure. And now I, I call it what? I was prepared. I did the work and everything, but I know doing the right thing there, not having to worry about, did I do the wrong thing? Is everybody there even taking a little bit that came back tenfold. And, and that's just a, an honor and a testament of, of who I am, right? I'm going to do the right thing, regardless of who's watching, who's not watching. Cause that, that's how I got to that point. Cause right. guess what? You can either run up and touch the line or you can say you touch the line. That's right. You can stay after practice and, and do, do an extra set of pull-ups before you leave, or you cannot. And right. I'll tell you what, like I'm, I'm, I've done 10,000 pull-ups multiple yeah. times. Yep. And once you have that, once you've earned that bank account, then you put those deposits in, it doesn't go away, especially when no one's watching. God, that's where the confidence is. That's exactly where the confidence is. So we have, you know, we got the 11 rules that we have up in our house. You know, we got that framed in our house. Number 11 is doing the right thing is always the right thing. And people go, okay, well, that should be self-evident, right? Because it's just, you know, you want to do the right thing when nobody's watching. I'm like, yeah, but do you know why? And it's that. It's not just an outward thing. It's more of an inward thing. You don't, you don't earn the self-respect and the self-confidence when you shortcut and you know. You can say all the affirmations in the world. You can say all of those things. But if your own brain doesn't tie it back to doing the right thing, whether somebody's been there or not, that's what you dwell on. You don't believe the affirmations that you just put out because you know you're full of it. You yeah. know. And yeah. that, that doesn't go away. No, it doesn't. And it comes back to be your authentic self. I I am who I am. Not everybody's going to like me. Yeah. Not everybody wants to be around me. Some people think it's weird that my heaven is getting up at like 530 in the morning, right? That I, that I, that right now with it being freezing cold, I'm looking for like cold plunges to jump into, right? And people that will actually come to a river and run five miles with me to a river, jump in and run back. I'm looking for people that want to do hard things with me. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And guys, this isn't, you know, so we got to spend some time together um, early in, uh, early in November. No, we were out when I, uh, when I had gone out to St. Louis, got to spend some time there and we're in the middle of this big event. The event got done. We're going to go to dinner and I'll tell you right now, Jake's like, Hey man, all right, cool dinner. I will meet you guys here. I got to go get my run in though. Right. He went out and and went and got his run in. He was making sure that he wasn't going to negotiate, even though we had all this cool stuff going on. He wasn't going to negotiate. He went and got his run in, did what he needed to do. But then you got the example of the other side that came out as well. And I, and I know you'll remember this um, when this happened. And, and you guys and we, we talk about this often. Tim and I were just talking about this today um, when we're getting ready to post some things about about Apogee. Good men who have the ability to be the dangerous men are far from the toxic men. They are the biggest givers. They are the biggest, most humble. They are the, uh, you know, the, the biggest um, proponents of helping somebody else and lending a hand and the opening the doors. And because they, again, they know who they are. They've done the right thing. They've done the work. They've had the victories. They don't need to prove themselves to anybody but themselves. All right. So you and I, uh, and what, a couple other people were walking to dinner and remember that guy that, that came up to us. Yeah. Wanted some, wanted some cash. So you guys, we're walking to dinner. We're on the streets of St. Louis, and a guy comes up to us, a little rougher, rougher-ish guy, and uh, and he comes up to the group, and he he's wanting money, is what he's doing, and so he's selling the story of why he needs some money. But the way he did it was also extraordinarily aggressive, and he actually went straight to Jake, and he was came very quickly and got up on Jake's shoulder, and Jake was walking and was very kind. But the guy was physically on him and Jake's like, hey, how's it going? And he's, you know, being being smart about it, um, but also being very, very kind. And I'm sitting here in my mind going, OK, I hope this guy doesn't do something stupid because he has no idea he's about to do something stupid to one of the baddest dudes on the friggin' planet. I hope he doesn't do that. But what was great was not only was Jake prepared, but Jake was so kind, so gracious. And we got done. He says, cool. Thanks, man. Here you go. Hand him a little bit of money and, and comes in and goes, that guy needs it way more than I do. Right. Because that's, again, who you are. That's who you are. The, the toxic alpha guy with a little bit of skill would have been like, dude, get off me. Here we go. And we're fighting. Right. Jake was Jake was calm, composed, reserved and then generous. And again, just a testament to who he was. And I'm like, oh, man, I already loved this dude. And uh, I love him even more at, at this at this point. You know, so, yeah, it was just just freaking great. Gentlemen, yeah. I'm going to open it up to you guys here in just a second because I want you guys to be able to ask your questions. Um, so do me a favor. I want you guys to put your hands up if you guys have some questions. I want to kind of um, circle back to one more one more thing um, with Jake as well. So go ahead and put your, put your hands up if you've got some things that you want to ask. Um, so we got this kind of mentality and you have the, the combat athlete mentality, the, um, you know, putting in this hard work mentality, the challenging yourself to do hard things mentality. You have... All of this, it is now just a part of your DNA. How does that, especially with the lessons that you uh, were able to get from dad too, how does that transfer now to Jake as the husband and as the father? And when I say transfer, what are the things that are like, okay, cool, I'm doing this intentionally and this is great. And also what are the like, okay, this is this is hard. I got to struggle through this now, you know, as a, as a dad, or I've, you know, I got girls and I like, how does that, how does that look for you? That's awesome. That's a great question. Um, 
So I have a really skewed, not a skewed, I have a, a probably a different definition of success. Like people look at me now and they go, well, you had a successful wrestling career. You have a family of soon to be four, you know, businesses are up and running. Like, wow, you're a successful person. And I'm like, say what you want. It's like, yes or no. I, I don't view it. I'm going to view success for me is when my kids have good kids. Mm. When people are complimenting my kids on their kids, I'll know that I've done a good job. I freaking love that. That's generational impact. And that is long-term thinking. That's playing chess, men. That's not playing checkers. That's right. And, yep. and that's that's to me. So now it's thinking of, well, what is that good qualities, right? Because good is relevant. Yeah. W- winning your counties in, in, in wrestling is good. Yeah. Winning a state championship, that could be good. Yeah. Winning a national title, that could be good. Good to you is relevant. You get to determine what that means. Your, your words matter. Right. And I'm always the one of, of aim high. Right. I look at myself and I, I failed at my let me let me word this. I'm not a failure at wrestling, but I failed at my goal in wrestling. My goal was to be a world champion, mm-hmm. not lose on a coin toss in the world finals and end up a world silver medalist. My goal was to be an Olympic gold medalist, mm-hmm. not seven and oh, over not having seven wins over Olympic gold medalist. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't achieve my, my definitions of success for it, which is all right. I set the goal so freaking high and big that through falling short of it, I still was successful. Mm-hmm. I still put it all out there. I did everything I can. I don't have regrets. I don't lose sleep over it. And it also doesn't define me. Right. His wrestling was just one part of who I am. That's not my true identity. I'm also a husband. I'm also a father. I'm also a friend. I'm also a brother. I'm also a business. I have all these other things that make up me. Mm-hmm. of who I am. So when I think about it, I start to install that or, or think about how can I install that into my kids? And a lot of it is leading by example mm. and bringing my kids with me. Yep. My son is four and a half. We went to our fourth wrestling practice um, ever last night because he's now finally to, to pay attention to sit through and do it. But I'm sitting on the mat and what does he do? He sits on my lap while they're showing technique. And I'm like sitting there in this time. I'm like, this is unbelievable, right? He's sitting there. And of course, he's looking up at me and I'm like, Pointing to the guy, showing the instruction. And he's four and a half, right? It's hard. Like all of us sometimes get lost when they're really in the depth of the technique. But he he wants to be there. He wanted that time with dad and to get to experience what I experienced and, and share him that and that. Now, rather he goes on to be a great wrestler or not, it doesn't matter. It's it's not the results. It's going to be the effort of who he becomes because of the process. Yes, sir. So it's the process, the process, the process of what makes it. And, and again, body being balanced business. Garrett White does a great job of breaking that down really easy, right? That was like one that really hit me was what am I doing for my body, my being, my balance, my business, just to kind of, because you can get so overcomplicated and all this stuff. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. What Garrett, the way Garrett breaks that and Bedro says faith, family, fitness, finances, right? That's everybody. Yes. The reality is we're getting back to the core DNA aspects of what does that success look like? We get to define each one of those pillars, but those pillars aren't going away. That's part of the DNA that's woven into our tapestry of just who we are right there. I love the way you put that. And I love dude, the, uh, the understanding of, you know, looking at your kids, kids, everything we are doing, being so generational in nature. My wife and I talk about that all the time and go, man, we are not just raising these three young heroes. We are raising their kids right now. We're raising their kids. And that's the kind of, like you said, it's checkers versus chess. It is that long tail game. If we can take that mentality into everything, um, there's no way we don't win. Tug, go ahead, sir. First off, sir, thank you for your time today. 
Really appreciate it. Thank you. Secondly, for my question, you mentioned that your dad was disappointed with the level of effort you're putting out on the map. But when did your mindset change from your dad pushing you to put in more effort to yourself, mm. pushing yourself to put in that effort? And how did Great. that change come about? Great question. Oh, that is a fantastic question. And thank you for asking that. Right. That is um, that is an awesome one. So it changed slowly over time. What what really got me to start recognizing it is it's not like if you view your mindset of things being hard, if you take in the attitude that you're going to do something, it's going to be hard. And that's fine because it's it's good to do hard things for a purpose of toughening up, right? Sitting in an ice bath is hard for 10 minutes because I want to be harder and tougher. I know I'm doing that. But if you look at it, if you switch your mindset from it's not hard, there's nothing in life that's hard. There's just things that are time consuming. Mm. Being an Olympic wrestler, it, it's lower, it's just more time consuming. I have failed, right? I have failed at more single leg, at finishing more single legs and shots than most people in their entire life will ever attempt. Bingo. Right. And that goes back to that, that success over time graph, yep. right? So when did it go to being myself? It, it's, I want to say at times it took it over, but it wasn't always myself. It is recognizing that I need to be around a certain group of people, a tribe with others. Because it's so easy, right? And, and again, if, if the only time you get to go work out is at 6.30 every morning to go work out and do it on your own, there are going to be times that you're going to negotiate yourself and you can you can bullcrap yourself more than anybody else. You can say, oh, my legs are hurt. Oh, I need an off day. Oh, I'm a little tired. I'll sleep in. Um, example, today, right? I, I, was, I was sick. I was supposed to get up at 6.30. I didn't do it. Um, but I, I also almost threw up last night. Like I was feeling queasy. I had to listen to my body and make that call that I need the rest. So what am I doing after this? I'm going to go get a little run. And it's not going to be the whole workout that I would like to get, but at least it's something. It's going to, it's going to get something to sweat. So what I really did a great job of doing is putting myself in an environment with people. I have a run at 6.30 tomorrow morning with three guys that we're going and doing five miles. There's no negotiating that. Yep. It's really hard for me to find a good excuse and do that. So it's it's not just that. I think it's it, it you need to develop by yourself, but then you need to have that tribe of people around you to hold you accountable to that. That are going to sit there and do it because I can't get out. I can't. It's gonna. I mean, it's a lot more work. I might as well just show up and do the run with them because they're all coming over to my house. So I'll be here at six thirty tomorrow morning, which means tonight. Am I going to stay up till three o'clock in the morning doing something? No, I'm going to get to bed early tonight because I want to get up and perform with these men tomorrow. Yep. And I want to be ready to run and go. So it's it's who you bring along with you because the journey is important, right? You guys all have these mountains and these goals that you're going to set out, that you're going to try to ach achieve and climb. I'll tell you something that's challenging that doesn't get talked about enough is what happens the day after you reach a major goal. Mm -hmm. That's tough. That is really tough. And you guys are all asking the good question to show up and you're going to be successful. What I learned is it's not the mountain. The mountain that you're climbing is important, but it's, the process of it. It's who are you, who are you becoming on that journey up that mountain? And who are you bringing along with you? Which is so much more important because the time you get up to that top of the mountain, you're going to get up there. You're going to celebrate. You're going to go, this is great. This is awesome. You're going to look over and go, there's another mountain. There's my next one. I'm going to start climbing. Bingo. You're going to look with your friends. You go, who's with me? Let's go because of who it's going to make you and who it's going to make you as a group and a tribe. Bingo. So good. What do you think, Doug? Thank you, sir. Exceptional answer. I appreciate you, Tug. Thank you. I love that. So in the, when you're talking about these tribes too, do you have, and somewhat of a rhetorical question maybe, but do you have tribes for different 
aspects of your life, right? So you've got your tribe, but there's your, your physical pursuits, even now at 37. And like, when I'm going to go do these physically hard things, I've got a tribe. And then when I'm taking a look at my business, is that for you, same guys, different guys, right? It, it, you go to the tribe, you know, for, for being a father, for being like all those different components that make up who Jake is, you have a different tribe and different mentors for each one of those. How does that break down? Yeah, absolutely. You have to, right? There's no one, one all be all, right? There, there are guys that are ahead of me and all those stuff. I'm like, wow, that's great. But if you really get down to nitpicking, like some of the guys that are my mentors in jiu-jitsu, yeah. I don't want their business skills or their personal relationship skills. You got to be able to, to take that out, right? Like one of my big money mentors is great, but I don't really see eye to eye in his faith and his relationship skills. Yep. Right. So I'm able to look at the best of everybody, just like all of you guys here. Every single one of you here has probably multiple things that you would be able to, you know, toolbox me in or or beat me in, or you're way better at it than I am. Yep. And when I look at it, it's not inherent. There's not a, really a secret to it. There's a great book out there called The Talent Code, yep. um, which really, really changed my life. Um oh, it's, it, it's yeah, it's it's not it's not that you were born better than me. You just have more time into it. The reason why I can finish a single leg better than you guys is because again, I've I've been in on a single leg working to finish more than you know, like probably for honestly years of my life at this point in time. Yep. Probably a full year of my life has been spent in on a single leg trying to figure out to do it. If you add that up from when I was eight years old all the way till thirty two when I retired, yeah. And it's the same thing with you guys, rather that be a skill like solving a Rubik's cube, writing a book, doing this, doing that, you're going to have those skills. So it's finding those certain skill sets that are going to be able to transfer transfer over to the other key areas of life. Because I'll tell you what, and this is something I want you guys all to write down is success leaves clues. Bingo. Success leaves clues. Successful people leave clues. Bingo. And, and when you follow those those clues, you're going to be able to put that apart. And I'll tell you what, that perfect person doesn't exist. That right. perfect person is a Frankenstein of everything else, right? That that you know, you, you look at a guy like David Goggins. Yeah, he has it. He looks like he has it all going on, but he still struggles. Yes. Chris Chris Hemsworth has the same thing. There's a a series out there. I don't watch too much TV, but somebody told me about this like nine times. He has limitless on discovery channel for for disney and they're talking through the first episode about stress management and what does he say and he goes well what's stressful he goes well i have three kids yeah. you know and they don't look at him like oh my father's thor yeah. you know <laughs> they look at him as like that's dad yeah they don't uh, care. that's it yeah and so that success leaves clue so anybody that looks like they have it all together they're just not showing their real selves right they, they do but everybody has problems Right. The, and I'll say it all the time. The only people that, that don't have problems, they're in the cemetery. Bingo. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And every single one of these things, I love what you said, too, because it's a skill set. We forget that sometimes we go, oh, OK, I was born with. Right. It's the um, you know, it's the it's it's that inherent. You know, do we have that growth mindset or do you have that limiting belief kind of mindset? Uh, well, I was born with or my circumstance is no, all of these things are a skill set. You use Rubik's Cube as an example. If somebody can solve that super fast, it doesn't mean he's smarter than you. It means he understands the pattern. He understands the clues that were left, the breadcrumbs to success on solving a Rubik's Cube. He understands the skill set of that. Well, that goes for being a good husband. It goes for being a good father. It goes for being you know, a great wrestler. It goes for being a good entrepreneur. Like It's that same thing. You All, all you have to do is commit yourself to the time of learning that skill set. That's it. Like that's the quote unquote secret. 
right there. Go ahead, sir. You mentioned that your dad was hard on you, and you mentioned your son is starting wrestling. Do you do? You, can you see yourself being hard on him like your dad, or do you find yourself being in between? Aaron, thank you so much for the great question. That is awesome. Um, I find myself being in between. I, I, and it's and it's the same thing. You cannot achieve strength without struggle. Mm-hmm. So, and again, and, and people look at it as, a, oh, it's it's your mindset. If you view stress as a positive thing and a way to grow, you'll get it. Because I'll, I'll tell you what, no pressure, no diamonds. Right. That's how diamonds are made. It's just millions and millions of years of pressure on coal. And it does a beautiful thing out. So I'm going to be hard on him at times. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show up as I believe he needs. Now, will I get that right? No, there's no way I'm going to get that all the time. Maybe sometimes I'm going to show up and be a little harder when I needed to be more gentle. And maybe at times I'll, I'll be a little gentle when I should have been harder. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I'm going to do, we're all going to do the best we can with what we have That's right. Um, on that. So that is, that is a great question, but I know this, I know by continuing to put him in information. So when he went, when he, it, it, I have a different definition of hard than most people. Some people think, um, you know, sending a text message is, is hard, or I have to, I have to go through a bunch of emails is hard. What I think was hard because my father owned a construction company is at 14 when he dropped off 300 sheets of plywood, dropped me off at a house in the middle of the summer at 90 degrees and a jug of water said, Hey, move all 300 of these inside. I'll be back at noon. I come back at noon. I think it's done. He goes, all right, great. Half of them got to go upstairs, move half of them upstairs. Now mm. to me, that's hard work. Mm. That's backbreaking work. That, that is different than sitting down and doing this for three to five hours. And like, Oh, look, I got $30,000 showed at my bank account. Yep. You know, like it's, it's, it's different that your definition of hard will vary just like your definition of good, good will vary. What you view as good right now, five years from now, shouldn't be good enough. I mean, go back five years, right? Your expectations you had yourself as a, as a five-year-old or 10-year-old is very, very different than you have yourself, you know, as a 15-year-old or 20-year-old, it'll, it'll all change. That's right. And it should change, which is, which is great because that's a sign of you improving, right? They, I think Jordan Peterson says it is don't compare yourself to somebody else. It's good to, don't get me wrong, when I want to have a comparison in a positive way that I want to be like that Olympic level uh, wrestler or this guy or this, it's good to have that point. But then what you should really do is track, well, how much better am I to myself than yesterday? Bingo. So, so that's to answer that question, I will go in between. And I hope that my son, not in a hope, I'm sure that my son will be able to, I create an environment of psychological safety that he's able to have a respectful conversation with me that dad, I, I, you're just being too hard. Or I don't need this right now. Yes. And, we, and we can talk through that. That's what I really want to have is that open lines of communication with him so that I can get that feedback from him about what he needs more of or what he thinks he needs more of. And, and if we differ, if I go, Hey, I think you need to be harder and, and go through this. And he goes, well, I, I think I don't need to like, well, let me hear your reasons and hear my reasons. Wait, and great. We agree to disagree. doesn't mean I don't love him anymore or anything else, but that's going to happen from time. That's life. Sir. When I agree with that the most is you guys are both, you're learning how to be a coach. He's learning how to wrestle. It's y'all. We're all learning in this situations. Thanks, yeah. sir. No problem. Thank you, sir. And that, and that is one thing that is non-negotiable is, is being learning based. Like I want all my kids to be learning based. That's right. right. Like that's, that's just a big thing of it. And there's an opportunity. I mean, again, I would, I'm so curious and interested. I'd love to, I'd love to spend the next 
30 days visiting each one of you guys, your house and be like, what can I learn from you? That's so, it's that curiosity you know, that is the maintaining your curiosity is one of the greatest superpowers you'll ever have is maintaining your curiosity about everything, about everyone. And it's, that's where you start to see the breadcrumbs of success. You start to see the patterns and the behaviors that are going to, that are going to elevate you, right? It's that continuous curiosity. And when you have that curiosity, you do exactly what Jordan was talking about, where you uh, are then able to continue to grow and compete with yourself. Yeah. Oh, so freaking good. Uh, Micah out there, Hawaii five Oh, go ahead, sir. Hi, thank you so much for coming on the call today. I really appreciate it. And all the knowledge you've been sharing with us. I just had like a few questions. First one being, um, cause since you have this long extended and very high career of being an Olympic wrestler and everything, ego could be like a really tough part of that. And how did you deal with that and not like, cause you don't seem like you have very inflated ego whatsoever. You seem very down to earth and open with what you're sharing. How did you deal with that status and keep your ego in check? Awesome. That's a great question, Micah. Thank you very much for, for asking. Um, I honor you for that. So there's a great book out there, right? Ego is the enemy. And, and that's the main thing that I had to do right aside is getting out of my own way. A lot of times if I'm in my own way, it's because of my ego. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say I don't have any ego because I do from time to time, but that's a mentality that I continue to tell myself is, is to, to get that out of the way. Because again, just like any other day, I, I can't tell you how many, we, we put our heroes on such a pedestal. Mm -hmm. And then when you actually meet them, you're like, wow, I didn't realize they were really dealing with all that stuff, but that's every single person here. Yes. That's, that's all of us. I mean, I, I remember a guy, Tig Moore, he was my, my heist, my coach's brother. And he was like, who I like idolized growing up. Like he was a state two-time state champion, a national champion at Oklahoma state. And then he was an Olympic alternate. So he was the best, the pinnacle of our program. And I went through and beat all of his records and all this stuff. And now I got to know him on like a different level. And man, he still had all these different struggles that he was going through. Yes. It's just sometimes those struggles that you're going through, like we're, we're all there. So I know that, right? I know that everybody here, we all have pain. We like we all have problems. We all have struggles. It's how do we view them? What's the attitude around them? Because if you view your problems as an opportunity to learn and grow, you're going to approach them very, very differently. I, I call it the the uh, the whatever of the, the ostrich mentality, right? Like what's really weird, and this is what's huge for human nature, right? Like this pen, I'm holding it right here up at the screen. What happens to the size of this pen when I back away from it? Does it seem bigger or smaller as I, I move it away? It gets it gets smaller, yeah. which is weird. And that's and that's that's fact, right? If something if I'm the closer I am to something, the bigger it's going to be. Right now, when that something is a problem or an issue, most people now none of you guys are most people. Most people will bury their heads in the sand or run away or not address their problems or issues. And then what happens is it's actually the opposite. Those problems and issues grow. They get bigger if you don't do it. But if you run head first at a problem or attack it or, or look at it and look for solutions, now that problem actually gets smaller. And that's, that's going against human nature. That's tougher. So something like your ego of getting in the way, like I am who I am. Right. Like my all the time, this, the, the, these wrestling fans will come up and say this and look at my wife and they're like, oh, my gosh, you're so lucky to be married to an Olympic wrestler. Like, oh, and she doesn't view it that way. That's not how she sees me. She sees me in a different shed of light. Same with my kids. 
my kids will see me in a very different light than everybody else does. So that's, that's probably the main way that I deal with it is just recognize that everybody's there and then getting around other men that are going to pull me up. Right. Like what, 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 you know, what Matt's doing with, with the schools and learning this here, it's unbelievable. Like, I love it. I'm like sitting here, I'm like salivating and I'm looking at all these, you guys are, are a future try. And, and the reason why I'm looking at this, I'm going to say, this, this is a little selfish of me, but I'm looking at it because I'm like, wow, what can this do for my son? Mm-hmm. when he's on one of these calls and one of you guys are talking to him mm-hmm. later, right? What's that going to do for my son? And even more selfishly, my son has to live in this world. Mm-hmm. So it is selfish, but unselfish that I want the world to be better, not just for my son, and my family, but for everybody else, because it's going to make everything else better. And that's, that's upward mobility. And that doesn't come into place when you have egos in the way that I can't learn from this or, or my way is better. This, that there's, there's, there's no right or like the way that I look at it is like absolutes are really challenging, Good and bad, yeah, that exists, right and wrong that exists. But like especially when I look at something in, in wrestling, there's no right or wrong in wrestling. It's either it's either more effective or less effective. No. You can do everything right in the world on me in a single leg and you might not finish. Yep. Or you can do everything wrong against somebody who's never wrestled before and still have it work. So it's being able to look at that mindset and being able to switch and have these multiple personalities and these multiple mindsets of looking at it from time to time. And that's that 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 nobility of being able to switch and not be so rigid and stuck in one way that flexible and adaption is going to take you so far in life. Does that sound familiar to any of you guys that are in month six or, or beyond? Right. And we're talking about the alter ego effect and, and that that exact mentality that he's talking about right there. So good. Micah, did you Micah, have a does, does, does that does that help answer? Or do you want to clarify or get any deeper on it? I just want to make sure I'm 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 answering. No, asking. that was good answer. I was just looking for kind of because I kind of I try to ask every mentor just a certain thing to help build my life and build my personality a little bit more. And I figured that you'd be a great person to talk about ego and that whole thing. And so thank you for answering my question. That was really helpful. And thank you so much for coming on the call. I appreciate you. Thank you for asking. That's awesome. Yeah, good work, Micah. And then that's um, you know what the when you come to the understanding of 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 the flaws of humanity you can stop putting people on a pedestal and it also helps um it also helps you appreciate sometimes your own gifting and your own ability and i want you guys to do that you know we talk a lot about humility and we've had so many amazing mentors and they talk about the need for for humility and i always want to make sure you know one of the things that as cocky as he is he wasn't wrong when he said this you know we have brad do you know bradley is lea uh, mm. Jake. Okay. So Brad's a, an entrepreneur. And if you, you go, you know, take a look at his Instagram or whatever. So Brad L E a um, phenomenal entrepreneur, multimillionaire kind of dude, and definitely comes across very um, cocky, very arrogant. So he was talking about humility and he's like, you know, the problem with humility is the classic definition is that you think less of yourself, that you actually don't think you are, um, you know, are, are very good at anything. And he's like, that's why I don't like that. But the way you just explained it, I think, is really the true masculine form of looking at it going, look, I understand that I've got flaws. I've got under, I understand that there are people who are better than me at all of these different aspects. But I also understand that I bring something to the table. And then, hey, by the way, that's every man I deal with. I don't need to put anybody on a pedestal because there are things I can learn from everybody So I learn what I can learn. There are ways I can help everybody, right? It's I'm climbing this mountain and I can simultaneously being pulled up by this person and also be reaching back and pulling him up in other areas too. And once you realize that that's the case with pretty much everybody, 
that in and of itself helps kill that ego because you know you're okay well i'm not the best at everything but i'm not the worst at everything and hey by the way that's where everybody's at dude you you die matt oh that's sir that is so awesome because that's that's the I, I think was it tim kennedy that did it or or something it was, it's called the, the plus minus equal when it comes to like training partners no oh, i don't get, know i might are you guys so I look at it like in wrestling and it's, and it's really, and I really pushed back about this the first time I heard it. Cause I was like, I didn't need three of this, but my coach told me you need three training partners. And, and this isn't just for wrestling. I want you guys to look at this as a wider aspect that this is wrestling can be anything. It can be life plus minus equal. Mm-hmm. You want to always have three people around you. One person who's way better at whatever it's going to be. Right. So I needed somebody in wrestling that could come in and beat the crap out of me. Yep. Which is why my dad in you know in junior high was taking me up to high school. Why in high school he'd find college guys. Why I was in college, I was going with world championship guys. When I was the best in the world, that's a great problem to have if you're the best person in the world at what you do. Yes. But, but you need a plus. You need somebody that you can learn from. Then you need a you need an equal. You need somebody, and that's what you guys are doing here. That as somebody gets better at wrestling, if I show up and I'm firing on all cylinders, I can get the better of my practice partner. But if I show up and he's firing on all cylinders, he gets the better of me. So that as he gets better, I get better. Right. We both have the plus that's beating up. And then you need the minus. Because if you really, really want to learn this, I'll never forget this. I got back from the world championship silver medalist. Uh, and my coach calls me in and he goes, Hey, meet me here at practice at 6:30 on Tuesday. We need to go over your leg lace. You need to get better. I'm like, Yeah, absolutely, coach. I got to agree in it. So I show up and there's about 50 kids in the room running. And I'm like, What's going on, coach? He goes, Oh, there's a practice. I go, Yeah, you said we're gonna get better at leg lace. He goes, I am here. Kids, circle up. Jake's gonna teach you guys a leg lace. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so yeah. so you, you need somebody to teach it to because to truly master, if you really, really want to master something, teach it. Mm. You really, really want to master them because it's it's very different than learning something. It's very, very different than having to teach it to somebody else because then I'm hitting the leg lace and I put my leg here and a kid goes, hey, why are you putting your, your arm there in their leg lace? And I'm like, oh, to stop him from going forward and doing this. Like you, you think about this process better of being learning based. You you need that in your areas of life that somebody that's a little ahead of you, somebody that's right there with you to take you on the journey and somebody that's behind. And then you ultimately end up like the barrel monkeys, like Matt's talking about in all aspects of life. That's right. right? Spiritual, financial, business-wise, health-wise, you always want to have that stuff. So, uh, God, that's so good. And it's, you know, the reality is guys, sometimes uh, you can have the same individual that shows up as all three of those in different areas too, right? Like that. It's not just three different people. Sometimes it is that same. You mentioned Tim. So I'm, I spent the last, you know, last week I was, I was with Tim for, for like four days. Right. And so, and, um, at his house and hanging out and playing with his kids. And we had, we'd go work out in the morning. And as we're working out in the morning, Tim's beating my ass. Didn't matter if we were doing jujitsu. It didn't matter if we were doing, you know, kickboxing or whatever, Tim's beating me up. And, and I'm always going to be able to, uh, have to work harder because he's going to, he's, better. And, and so it's great. I get to learn there. And then we come away and we're talking about dad things and how to you know be husbands. And we, we're seeing each other as equals on this, on some of the strategies we're talking about with our own young man. His son is the same age as my son. And we're going, okay, cool. How are you dealing with this? How are you dealing with this? And we come together as equals on this. And then he's getting ready to go on this specific tour. And he's like, Hey, I've got to give this keynote. Um, and I want you to help me out on this. He's like, can you help edit this and help, you know, transition? Cause you got more experience in that area. So in that regard, we're able to to do all three of those with one person. You can do it with one person. You can do it with multiple, but it is it is the key. And I saw uh, 
who said, Colin, so it's called the Shamrock system. Very cool. Very cool. I'll have to go take, uh, take a look at that. Oh, so powerful, you guys. So powerful. Um, I know we're coming up on the hour too. So that's, you know, I don't want to. I have, I have until two o'clock, so I don't have anywhere to be for another hour. So you are awesome. I have another one or two questions. If you don't mind, and gentlemen, if you guys think of anything, um, you know, that you, that you want to ask to jump in, um, we're talking about, you know, all these different guys, the, the ones that you're leading, the ones that you're pulling up, who do you, and we mentioned Garrett too, and kind of that whole, or what the way Bedros puts it to is those pillars of family, fitness, faith, and finance. So in the current stage you are right now, because I know this changes, mm-hmm. who are some of the guys that you look to in some of these different areas right now? Where like, okay, right now, and Jake is the 37-year-old father, husband, entrepreneur. These are the guys I look to on maybe like the, uh, you know, the faith side, the fitness side, the family side, the finances side. Who are some of those guys for you right now? Awesome. So in, in our men's group, right, the, the Dad's Edge Business Accelerator, yes. um, the leadership guy, look, Larry, Larry is someone I really look to for my faith. He's got that nailed down. And, and when we were there in St. Louis and I was doing the visualizing exercise of 60 years, I'm 60 years old, I'm sitting around my family. What brings us together? Yeah, it was faith. And, and I recognize I have I I've not struggled, but I've always tried to figure out because I used to joke like growing up, what's my like? I, at an early age, I never made my communion because my dad was like, Hey, do you want to go to church? You want to go to wrestling, a uh, wrestling yeah. practice or wrestling tournament. I pick wrestling. Yep. And then it just became wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. I joked that wrestling was my faith. Yep. That was my church. That was where I got it. And to a point it was, um, but I do have faith, right? I do believe in God and I do believe in the power of what he can do. And what I really started asking myself now that I have qu- kids, I started questioning was, well, how is my audio matching my visual? Mm. Am I, am I praying before every meal? What am I doing to really install that in my kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's, that's where it is, is I have, I have a mastermind group of men that I'm in, I coach and lead, but in that group of people that I coach and lead, I also pick, pick them out of those guys that are selling in those areas. Yeah. Like we have one guy that's, he's, he's making a, a you know, a million and a half dollars a year. He's working two days a week. Yeah. He's struggling. What do, what do I do now? Yeah. What do I have all this extra time and I'm sitting with my family? I want to do this, but like, what's, what's my next mission? I know I can achieve more. How do I do that? And that's a great conversation in a, in a problem, right? That's that guy's problem. His problem is he has all this free time. Yeah. Whereas other people's problem is I don't have, I don't have 10 grand to, you know, I don't have a thousand dollars for, for rent next month. Yep. Choose your problems. Yep. Right. They're going to all be there. They're going to be hard. It's just what type of problems you want to have. I want to have problems that I'm paying too much money in taxes. That's right. right? That, that I have too many friends to hang out with and I don't know which one to go. Right. Like I, that I can go to too many places. I want to have the good problems. That's right. right? But there's still problems. That's right. So there's that's yeah. I'm, so I'm still there. And then the other thing, too, that I'll tell you is it's awesome. You guys live in the universe. Every single one of you have one of these. Right. Or or some some form of this. And you can tell that there's already a thing on here. Right. This is a reminder what it says. Log out airplane mode. Shut it down. Mm-hmm. That's on my phone because you know what happens at night? Cause I didn't like that. I was sitting in my bed doing this with my phone. Mm-hmm. So I have another reminder because guess what? I'm human. Yep. I found myself at night picking that up and being there where that's not what I want. I want to be in bed and that's my bed. My bed purpose is to sleep, to connect with my wife. That's, that's my purpose in that bed. So you guys have this, you can go online and find it. Tony Robbins yeah. was one of my best friends and mentors for about a year and a half of my life where I consumed so much about it. I've never met the guy, nor does he even know I exist. Yep. 
So you guys have that opportunity that you can sit and learn in this digital age that success leaves clues that you can find, that you can buy their books, that you can do all these things. And then you know what's even crazier? And I'll, I'll challenge you guys to this is you can reach out and connect with them. That's right. Like they'll, they'll reach out back. The more successful or busy you think somebody is, when you actually take the opportunity to sit there and you guys are at this special age in your life, we will go out of our way. If I opened up a lemonade stand and sat there in the corner, nobody's going to stop by and buy freaking lemonade from me. But you guys being kids, the fact that you went forth and put effort and did it, you're going to make hands over fist more money than I'll ever make because they, they people want to reward that. And you got this phase of life that like, it's really, really challenging for a celebrity to sit there and be like, wow, I read your book. I did this. I took this course. I took this time and wrote this letter. I'd really love to get on the phone and ask you this question. They're going to feel like crap having to ignore you like that, right? They're not going to do it. They're going to stop and do that, right? Like it's it's in take advantage of that right now when you guys have this. Dude, you are literally hitting on. So first of all, he was talking about when he's mentioning Larry, you guys mentioning Larry Hagner. Many of you guys met Larry. Larry came on, you know, a few months back and many of you guys met him. And, and um, you know, I know how much you guys enjoyed that time too. But you're hitting on so many of the projects and challenges these guys are taking on. So we're talking about the alter, these guys building out, um, you're talking about Tony Robbins being one of your mentors, one of your best friends, but he doesn't know you exist. We're talking about um, Napoleon Hill's concept and thinking yeah. rich of building out our, our board of directors, right? That's a project that these guys take on. They build out their board of directors. They build out their alter egos so that they can tie their actions and themselves to certain guys in all of these different areas of life. They are reaching out to CEOs, to law enforcement, to military, to fire, to create these networks and these um, connections and they are requesting interviews so they can sit down so they can meet these guys. So we got, you know, I mean, we got guys that are like, well, Charlie Kirk is my hero. Cool. The next week they're sitting down and interviewing them because it was just like, Hey, we reached out and Charlie's like, dude, of course. So I'm going to read you this right here too. I just posted this in our workplace platform. You guys, some of you guys, I know saw this already, but some of you guys didn't. So Logan, and I don't know if Logan was able to make it today or not. I don't know if he's on here doesn't look like he's on so a lot of these guys are in schools too and i know logan is in school right now so yeah he wasn't able to make but so logan just wrote this i just posted this today guys hello mr bear do you know who nick bear is jake yeah uh, i do yeah yeah so nick bear um so logan that's like logan's guy right like that's logan's consuming everything nick's doing and you know following along so Logan writes, hello, uh, Mr. Bear. My name is Logan Zorick, 15-year-old entrepreneur, aspiring athlete from Chicago area. Been part of the Apogee Strong Leadership Program, founded and operated by Matt Bodro and Tim Kennedy since June of 2021. Through this program, I've had the honor of speaking with you for the first time. And ever since you came as a mentor in July of 21, you became one of my personal heroes. Your accomplishments as an athlete, entrepreneur, and leader have served as a guideline for the goals I have set in my own personal life. Not only that, but your wisdom that I've implemented into my life has helped me greatly on my own hero's journey. It's because of all this, I would like to ask for a 20-minute interview with you. This interview would take place over Zoom. Whenever you can fit me into your schedule, I promise you I will come well-prepared. I will not waste your time. I promise not to take any more than 20 minutes. Would be incredibly grateful if you could grant this request. I promise the wisdom and experience I would gain from such an interview would greatly benefit me. Nick wrote him back in like five minutes and was like, dude, let's set this up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's that, that when I heard this, it was Tim Ferriss doing a talk. Yeah. He put a challenge out. He said, 
I'll, I'll pay for a trip around the world. You get to go 14 days around the world. I'll take all the expensive. Here's what you have to do. You need to write a letter to the president of the United States or the vice president or any, any current or vice living president and get them to respond. And because everybody had that challenge, it was so big. They already went, they already, they lost it in the mind. Yep. Already. They said, I'm not going to do it. Nobody even sent a letter. Right. Not one person sent a letter. And so nobody, nobody won the prize. And then yep. the next year, it was like one person sent the letter and they actually got a response. Yeah. Now they're like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe that's going to actually happen. But like, you don't know, right? You miss, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's right. Over that's and right. over and over again. Right. Like that's it. It's, and you're going to be better for that process of putting that down and in there. I'm trying to remember right. who, uh, because so, so much. So uh, I'm trying to remember who it was that I was talking. I don't remember if it was Jordan. I don't remember Jordan Peters. I don't remember who it was, but somebody was talking about the fact that they're giving a lecture. There's five, 600 people, you know, around and they, and they literally offered up at the end of, of whatever this lecture was, whatever this talk was, they said, Hey man, we'd love to have you, you know, I'd love to take some of you guys and, and come work with me. If you're interested in actually coming to work with me, uh, it was like college students, like, you know, come on down afterwards and, and uh, we'd love to give you an opportunity. And he goes out of, you know, 600 that were in the room, it was only about 50 came down about 50 that came down, you know, only about some of them just kind of hung around, but only about 10 of them actually made their way over to him and said, Hey, are you serious? And he's like, yep, I'm serious. Here's what you need to do. And he said, all these people that he gave something to do to just show up to one certain thing. He said only one ended up coming. So out of 600 people, he made this offer to one ended up going, okay, I believe you. And I'm actually going to give this a go. Everybody else beat themselves. Yeah. And if I can, if I can encourage you guys, like bigger, set, set it bigger, go bigger, go faster. Cause it's, it's, I'll tell you what, there's only, there's only 12 guys that qualify for the Olympic trials, but you got to beat 32, 32 or 35 men to win a national title in college and in States or Fargo, you have over like 400 kids that show up for that stuff. Mm-hmm. So the bigger you go and compete, because people are scared to compete at that high level, right? Take real estate, for example, everybody's going after the $100,000 houses because they're not scared of that, but it's the million or the multi-million dollar houses. There's not as many people competing. So the higher up you go, the less the competition actually is. Bingo. You have now taken the step to becoming a great leader of tomorrow. Join the Apogee program by visiting www.apogeestrong.com. For inquiries, contact us 916-728-0606 or email matt at apogeestrong.com. Thank you for listening to Essential 11, Shaping Leaders Among Leaders. Stay tuned for more episodes.